You are now listening to the Moon Child. I'm back. Oh man, I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but I am in a good, 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 good move. I officially relocated. Um, I am officially moved to Sacramento, and I should be living here for for a while. I don't have to move back and forth. I don't have to move over the summers or over the winters. No, I'm here to stay. And it feels good. It feels good to get moved in. It's the holidays right now, so I still got to go back. But, um, yeah, I moved out of my place in, in San Leandro, that house. My family's not going to be living there no more soon. So I'm just happy to be taking this this next step in this journey into my life, this next step. So, yeah, I'm really juiced. I got a car now, so I'm about to experience more freedom than I have ever before. 2020, it's about to be over. And I turned 21 in 2021. That's the perks of being a 2000 baby. Whatever year that it is, it's my age. 2032, I will be 32 by July. 2047, I will be 47. It's that simple. That's why we 2000 babies are cut differently. Not you 2001, 2002, 2003, etc. I'm talking about straight 2000. We're a different breed, alright? We're a different breed. We're special. Just know that. I know it's been a while. I know it's been a while. Haven't been on here. Um... I'm not going to really go deep into detail. Um, I ain't got no excuses. Not going to go too deep into detail. Whatever it was, you know, I'm just. It's in the past, you know? It's in the past. Um, I feel like I'm on a new journey now. And, you know, as far as consistency goes with me putting this podcast out, I feel like there's no point of talking about that. I have to, you know, do you guys. You know, I have, to, I have to show it. I have to show action on that. So I'm not going to talk about how consistent I'm going to be or how often I'm going to put uh, put new episodes out. I think is, you know, to be fair to y'all, it's just for me to show it, you know, to show the consistency. So we're going to see how that goes as time goes on. But yeah, I'm out here in Sacramento, got a place and... Just looking for a job right now. I'm still getting, you know, stuff moved around. Still unpacking some th- certain things. But it's a great time right now. The NBA season starts today. It's a perfect time. The football season's coming to end. My injured Niners had a down year, but it's alright. I feel like we'll bounce back. But the NBA season's about to start. It's the holidays. The new year's about to come up. So I think we got some good things coming up, you know? Now, I feel like nobody talks about the Sacramento Kings so that's why I'm here to give you guys information on the most underrated team in the NBA (laughs) the Kings are very underrated now we made some moves let's go over the moves that we made this offseason I know I haven't got the chance to come on here and talk about the draft and the offseason moves and what happened but I'm here to break it down to y'all all right I think we had an interesting offseason. Now, we do have a new GM. It's a new era, all right? It is a new era. I will be the first to tell you that the Sacramento Kings were the worst team 
of the decade in the 2010s. We were the worst teams. I'll take that on the chin. But, like I said, that's the past. We about to be in a new era. And I really like what we did this offseason. And I really like our GM's plans. So, you know, you're going down the roster. Now, let's talk about the losses. Now, let's talk about what we don't have from last year. That what we, what we did have last year that we don't have this year. So, the two people that departed the team is Alex Lynn. That's not a major factor. But the biggest factor is Bogdan Bogdanovich. How do I feel about that? Well, me personally, I think Monty McNair, the Kings GM, I don't think he was willing to pay. I'm not going to pay Bogdanovich $78 million, And I don't think Mon Monte McNair was trying to pay him $78 million. So we let him walk. We didn't get nothing in return, unfortunately, because that trade with the Bucks didn't go through. But it gave us a lot more cap flexibility. But also, we got to do, I feel like the biggest thing, that I feel like the biggest factor for the Kings was re-signing De'Aaron Fox to a, a max extension. I don't think people understand where, like, you know, teams like Sacramento, Indiana, um, Utah, where, you know, if you can make those re-signings and have those caliber players in a city like Sacramento, Utah, Indianapolis, where, you know, like teams like that don't get no free agents. So to be able to have security and have Fox for the next five years, hopefully he doesn't do a trade request. But I feel like he'll only do a trade request if the team doesn't, you know, if the organization doesn't set him up for success. And that's totally fair. But now we finally have a, a building block we have somebody that we're for sure going to be building around so going into this roster so we got d fox resigned all right starting point guard and let's talk about De'Aaron fox he's a top 15 point guard in the nba he showed why he's worth the contract in the bubble in the bubble where you're playing against only playoff contending teams he was putting up 28 points per game and seven assists 48 plus 48 percent plus shooting so he bought out and if it wasn't for him we wouldn't even be in that situation because if you guys don't remember the kings last year was at 14th place that's because fox went down for two to three weeks we dropped all the way down to 14th place we were there with the warriors at one point came back and we went on a nice 18 to 9 run like we were going we were 18 to 9 when he came back and we were in ninth place then the nba shut down so um, Fox is a top 15 player at his position. I would argue maybe top 13, actually. And point guard is the most important position. It's the hardest position to play in the NBA. You got such skillful guards. So if you have one of the best, Steph Curry, Dame, um, you know, Steph, you got Steph Curry, Dame, Kyrie. You know, if you have one of the best, you have a good chance of winning. And we're going to see how De'Aaron Fox elevates his game this year. I think he goes up a little bit. Um, I don't think he's going to be putting up those bubble numbers. I don't think he looks to score that much or we need him to score that much. But I think he jumps up in points, maybe like the 23 game, you know. And he's going to get snubbed from All-Star because there's just so many good guards in the league. Chris Paul, Steph Curry. Um, I can't get my memory. Oh, Luka. He got so many good point guards right now. So De'Aaron Fox is not going to crack that yet. But I can see him putting up a nice... 23 at least seven or eight assists 
minimum four rebounds. So he's going to be good for us. Now we go to starting shooting guard. Buddy Heal. Buddy Heal. I know I've been bad on Buddy. And I did like Bogdanovich better. But going into this year, like I said, we have a new GM. And he's implementing a system where we can get as much three-point shots as possible. I think in the preseason, we're averaging 40-plus three-pointers a game. But it's not just no... It's not like no James Harden three-pointers. We're actually moving the ball and trying to set up um, the best three-point shot as possible, but mainly taking advantage of your three-point opportunities in the transition. Um, if it's open, they're taking it. So I think this system, and then he's shown in the preseason, this system is going to really benefit Buddy. On top of that, Bogdanovich is gone. Buddy's not going to be the sixth man. So now there's no more Buddy or Bogdanovich talk. I think this helps Buddy's confidence a lot. He's still a top 10 shooter in the NBA. Top 5 if you go by the numbers. He's a top, top He's a top 5 shooter if you go by the numbers. But if I'm looking, you know, I think he's top 10 for sure. So I think Buddy does good. I think he he went down in points. I know he put up 22 in in that 2018 that 2018 to 19 year, but he dropped down to like 18 points per game. I think he goes up to 20 again. He's going to be shooting a lot of threes. I think he might be shooting at least 8 threes a game. And he's going to be at least knocking down three of them. So I think Buddy will be be the Buddy that we know again. Hopefully he elevates past my expectations. That's where I think there's a lot is going to happen this year. So go to the three spot. We go into, let's talk about Harrison Barnes. He's overpaid. Yes. Thanks, Vlade, for giving him that contract. But I think for what we have right now, Harrison Barnes, veteranship, and he's very versatile. He played. He led the team. Other than Fox, he led the team in minutes. He can play the two. He can play the three, and he can play the four. And um, he's a solid vet. Um, he's gonna give us at least ten. You know when we need him, he's gonna be spotting up. I just hope he doesn't do too much because sometimes, sometimes man, Harrison Barnes be doing some post fadeaways. It just don't be going in. It's just like when he be shooting some certain shots, I just be like fuck, and it don't be going in. But um. He's a good role player. He's a perfect role player, actually, for this young team. So I, I believe he'll be good. Now, Power Ford, I don't know who's going to be starting, but I'm going to go by, like, I guess who's better at the position. And he's originally a Power Ford, but he might be starting at center. And it's the big wild card for our year. He's the make or break on how this year for the Kings go. And that's, of course, the number two overall pick, Marvin Bagley. Now... It's tough. I mean, I don't need nobody to give me an explanation why Luka is probably better than my favorite player. But that doesn't make that doesn't make Marvin Bagley a bus. Alright? When I watch Marvin Bagley play, I'm not thinking he's a jag. No, he's not just another guy. He's a dynamic player who didn't get a chance to make his second year jump because of injuries. Does that make him a injury prone? I think you're injury prone if you had injuries that stop your seasons for multiple seasons not just one so i wouldn't necessarily give him that injury prone name yet but um when he's on the court with us he helps us a lot he's very efficient inside the key he gives us that inside scoring for sure he has post moves we can get it we can feed it down to him we, we get efficient buckets from him he has a mid-range and he's developing his three he runs the floor great with Fox in transition. He's really fast, really tall, gives us a lot of length. 
He needs to get better on defense, but his rebounding and his motor is second to none. He has an unbelievable second jump, um, and he's very tenacious on the offensive rebounds. We are a better team with him than we are without him, all right? We're not better without Marvin Bagley. So I think he he's listened to the noise, and like I said, I'm not worried about him because I think he has that motor. He has that motor, and he shows it on the court. Um, I'm pretty sure he knows about all the comparisons to Luka, Trey Young, all those guys. But he's gonna show why he was drafted where he was. I think he's a. I think for multiple years in the NBA, Marvin Bagley can be a twenty and ten guy easily, easily. Very Chris Bosh esque. And people that don't know about Chris Bosh, he's an eleven time straight All Star, and he had to retire because of blood clot. Eleven time straight All Star. You can't say that about too many guys. You can't. And on top of that, Bagley's dynamic for us. He can play the four and he can play the five. He's even, and I mean, he, I think if he gets better at ball handling, he can even push over to the three one day. Gives us good length and reliable inside scoring. So now we go to the five. Um, our biggest addition that we got for a bargain, um, Hassan Whiteside. We got Hassan Whiteside for two million. For two million. And if anybody knows that the biggest problem for the Kings last year is because of Bagley's injury, we had no size down low. Rashawn Holmes couldn't, he can't be our starting center because of the size. He's great for us off the bench, and I'll get into Rashawn Holmes later. But Hassan Whiteside, I mean, his numbers last year is 15 and 12. He led the league in blocks last year. It's just his motor. So we're going to see how his motor go. Um... But I think he's going to be good for us because if we're not good, he's going to be a good trade asset. And he's very cheap. So I think he's going to grind it out in Sacramento. I think we're going to get the best version of him. He's only making $2 million, so I hope that he's on a path to prove people wrong. Because if he don't do nothing this year, if he doesn't do good, then he his career is probably going to be ending. Because a lot of these teams don't want to pay centers no more. Um, the value of a center has gone so low unless you're like a, a Jokic, a Bam. Uh, Joel Embiid. A lot of um, centers are really relate replaceable these replaceable these days. So I think getting Hassan Whiteside for two million it was a steal for us, and he led the league in blocks. He's gonna give us that rim protection that we desperately needed last year. We desperately needed rim protection last year, desperately. So I think he changes that. Now, I think the underrated part and then we were very successful last year, even though it's a little switched up. But it goes to the bench. So let's go to the bench. First thing I'm going to talk about, because he might be a starter still, Nemanja Bealisa. Stretch four. Very underrated stretch four. He would be amazing for a championship contending team. He, the thing is, I don't think people realize, you, know, you look at Nemanja Bealisa, he's number eight on the Kings. Um, it's like, oh, he's kind of slow. Well, when he was on the Timberwolves, he was a small forward. Wearing number 88. He was a small forward. And he like trans he trans transition to power forward. He gives great spacing, and he has high basketball IQ. He can put the ball on the ground, and he makes good passes. Um, he's like a Walmart version of Jokic, I would say. <laughs> you think I'm lying, but if you ever watch if you ever watch Bayalisa play, he has underrated playmaking, and he stretches the floor very well, and he knocks down that that wing shot for sure from the three point line. So yeah, Bayalisa. He's a solid player. I think he's 
he's always been a solid player for us since these past three years. So I like, I love me some Neymanya Bayelisa. That's how you say his name, Neymanya Bayelisa. So now let's get to Rashawn Holmes. Now this was Vlade's best free agent signing. Yes, he flopped on Trevor Ariza, Corey Joseph, and he definitely flopped on Dwayne Dedman. Don't even get me started on Dwayne Dedman. But his best signing that year, that um, the 2019 offseason, was for, for surely Rashawn Holmes. Two-year, $10 million. So this guy is making $5 million a year. And he was second in field goal percentage. He's a 6'10", tenacious rebounder. And this is his comparison. And this is how much of a bargain he is. There is no difference between Rashawn Holmes and Montrez Harrell. There is no difference. There is not a single difference. Montrez Harrell is making $4.5 million more than Rashawn Holmes. And Rashawn Holmes was second in field goal percentage. And if he would have got more minutes like Montrez Harrell, his name could have been in that. If, if Rashawn Holmes was in the same situation as Montrez Harrell, I promise you he could have done the same things. Dude is a tenacious player. He's a hustle guy. And he finishes at the paint. He's 6'10". He can play. He can guard multiple positions. He rebounds. He's a big, he's a lob threat. And he's just, he has this one little floater. And if me and Khalid seen this, when we, we went to a Kings game, we seen two player, two Kings players working out. It was Dwayne Dedman missing threes. And it was Rashawn Holmes working on this little floater that he was doing. And he does it in game and he does not miss it. He does not miss it. He was, like I said, he was second in field goal percentage. So very good value player. It's going to suck because he, we're definitely underpaying him compared like because if he compares his stats to Montrez Harrell he deserves a raise so I don't know if we're gonna necessarily bring him back this this next year but we got him this year so he's gonna be huge for us coming off the bench with his bench unit now our third guy off the bench and it's our rookie that we drafted at 12th overall Tyrese Halliburton and oh my gosh I don't know how he fell to us um a definitely a steal for us especially what we needed now the two things that we lacked on was one rim protection and two uh another playmaker Bogdanovich was kind of a play that secondary playmaker but not not really and Corey Joseph is a playmaker but he's not he wasn't contributing when when it came to making plays like scoring he's just a floor general defensive guy but he's still on the team and he's going to be a good vet for Tyrese Halliburton and still for De'Aaron Fox but back to Tyrese He's 6'5", seven foot wingspan, um, high, high IQ player, high IQ player. He's going to be in this league for a long time. It's just matter. It's just a matter of time and how confident he gets. And he's shown every preseason game because the first preseason game play, he was super, super, super passive. I see a lot of myself in his game when I played because I knew I was super passive, but I was, al- he, I was always in the right spots. He's always in the right spots. He's always making the right pass. He's just not making the plays yet. But as every preseason game um, came, he was making more plays. He was handling the ball more. He was taking more shots. So it's just a matter of time for his confidence. But his versatility, because he's going to be able to play the one, the two, and the three. He's like a Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, high IQ player. He can run the pick and roll. He's an efficient three-point shooter. Not too much in the between in between game and finishing at the rack. But he gives us that three and D that we desperately needed because he brings a lot more defense to the team than we had and a lot more length. He has the length. So 
that he's going to be a good player for us. It's just his rookie year. Um, we're going to see. I, I wonder if he finds a way to crack the starting lineup where it can be him, Buddy, and Tyrese. But as far as right now, he's going to be very good for us coming off the bench. Him and Corey Joseph. So, yeah, we already know about Corey Joseph. He's a veteran point guard. He's going to do what he needs to do and like that. Now, an another guy that might be cracking this rotation is Kyle Guy. Um, Kyle Guy, in, we drafted him in the second round last year. He grinded out a year in Stockton. And um, he came this preseason firing. Like I said, we have a new system. He's another guy where this system benefits. He's an efficient three-point shooter. He's also on a high IQ guy. Four-year starter at Virginia. National champion at Virginia. It looks like his confidence is growing. The system works for him. He can play point guard, shooting guard as well. And on top of that, we have Corey Joseph being the vet. That's very huge, having a good vet like that around him. So, yeah, Kyle Guy. And now we have a couple, we have two more forwards. Um, we picked up Glenn Robinson for cheap. I didn't like what he was showing me in the preseason too much, but he brings a lot more athleticism, um, and he can shoot the three ball. So if he's shooting the three ball efficiently, he can defend He's an average defender, but if he can shoot the three ball efficiently, he'll be a, a solid backup small forward power forward. And then we also have Jabari Parker. I don't know too much about Jabari Parker. I don't know what he's going to bring. They ran some lineups with him at the five, but he's officially a power forward now. Um, but he's still the number two overall pick. I think he could still score the ball. So, you know, with, with his case, Glenn Robinson case, even Kyle Guy, um, they're going to be fighting for minutes. So... We're going to see who balls out. We're going to see who the next Rashawn Holmes was. Because that's what Rashawn Holmes was. You know, he was like in that. We signed him, and he was probably going to be like in that ninth or 10th man rotation spot. Well, now he's definitely the 6th and 7th man. So, um, that's 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 what that is. And, yeah, that's, that's what we're working with. And I think, I truly think that we can be an 8th seed. We can be an 8th seed team this year. Call me crazy, but... Um, I feel like we don't, I feel like the media does a bad job when it comes to the Kings, um, because I feel like the Kings are n nowhere behind the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. I don't think that. If anything, we're in the same level, maybe above. They didn't have the injuries that we dealt with. Um, the Pelicans made upgrades, but I feel like we made upgrades too. And we just didn't make the high-profile upgrades. You can't tell me a difference between Steven Adams and Hassan Whiteside. The only difference is that Steven Adams is making $16 million a year, and Hassan Whiteside is making $2 million a year, and they're doing the same thing. So it's all about names and all that. Now, what Zion provides for the Pelicans is what kind of what Marvin Bagley provides for us, that efficient inside scoring and that high motor. So, they got Slender Thug, they got Brandon Ingram, but we got De'Aaron Fox. They got Eric Bledsoe now, but we got Buddy Hill, who's going who's gonna to be able to knock you... Like I said, we're going to be shooting 43s a game this year, who's probably going to give us four to five threes a game. And that's going to be huge. It's going to add up, trust me. And I think our bench is deeper. So, so going into that... When you think about the Kings, 
you know, you think about like the bad history, you know, they're never going to be good. But I'm trying to convey to you that this is a new era. This is really a new era. Now, I'm not going in with as high expectations into this season like I did for the last season. But I'm getting vibes that this might be like that 2018 years, but we're we're going to be more experienced. When it was Fox's second year and Marvin Bagley's rookie year, we definitely exceeded expectations. We had Iman Shumper at the small forward position. And we were a ninth seed. We were close. They just couldn't finish out. And the Clippers, with Lou Will and all of them, when they almost upset the Warriors, they finished out the season strong because of the experience. But I feel like we got our better players, our young players that we've been building around, got some experience under their belt. So I feel like this time is going to be different, especially in this bubble environment. And with this bubble environment and the virus, like I was saying, we got a, a 13-man we we I think we have like a twelve man rotation right now. Not a lot of teams do. Not a lot of teams have that. Not a lot of teams have twelve reliable guys because they're putting so much money into the stars. So, in the case where a star misses one game, it, it it can. I mean, if a star, if you know, one star gets injured, it changes the complexion of the whole team. We just seen a prime example of that with the Warriors. So you know, if somebody get the virus, they're gonna have to be out for two weeks. It's not like football where you're missing out a game, but you're going to be missing out multiple games when it comes to hoop, when it comes to basketball. So I'm, I'm putting all of that into consideration. And I'm telling you, it's going to, we're, we have a second, you know, we got the first year with Luke Walton, and now it's the second year. Now, here's my thing about Luke. It's his second year with the team. Now, he, we have Alvin Gentry behind him. And... I don't think Luke got enough credit that he did last year. With all the injuries that we had, with the situation that was happening, um, like I said, we were at one point, we were in 14th place. We started off bad. We were 14th place at one point, especially when Fox went down. But when he made that, and when Fox came back and he made that move where Buddy came off the bench, that helped us immensely. Like, people will be mad, oh, why are you sitting Buddy and stuff? That's because they don't watch the Kings. We were better when Buddy was coming off the bench. But I think this coming into this year, Buddy's confidence is there again. He knows he's the guy at shooting guard right now because Bogdanovich is gone. We're not dealing with that no more. So I think that's a big stress reliever off of his back. So we're going to see what Luke does um, with this team. I just hope he can find ways to motivate the team better. Hopefully he can um, inspire the team. That's, that's mainly what I'm worried about. Obviously, X's and O's. I don't think he's terrible when it comes to X's and O's. He's drawn up some very good plays when it comes to the clutch time. It, um, whether, you know, just whether it's, if, it, if it's executed or not. But a lot of games where I watched last season, there was a lot of open shots when it came to game time decisions. So we're going to see. We are going to see. So with me saying, yes, I think the Kings are going to be the eighth seed, I would like to give my season predictions on i won't say record but because it's, it's going to be a shortened season now take this in consideration when i tell you my seeding teams i am taking into consideration where you know covid is going to make a play or people sitting out all of that so yes i have the kings as the eighth seed but i'm also going to give you my mvp prediction and a lot of people have Giannis. Or especially Luca, a lot. I see a lot of Luca this year, but 
you know, remember there won't be no fans. And this guy has his team healthy. And I wouldn't count him out on becoming MVP now because you think about LeBron, AD, they're going to be sending out some games. Kawhi is going to rest and all that. I don't think Giannis is going to get it the third time. I don't think Luka's team is going to be good enough for him to get MVP. But a guy that I'm really looking at, and they made really good offseason moves, I'm going to have the hometown kid, Dame Lillard, for MVP this year. I can see him putting up 30 this year with eight or nine assists. And let's go into my NBA predictions because this will also play a big factor in his MVP year. So let's start with the West. So I got the Kings. I'm going to go down. The Kings as the 8th seed. As I know, as you know, I think they're going to find a way to get that last spot. I think we have a very deep team. I think this environment with no fans, I feel like it benefits our team immensely. Let's go with seven, Utah Jazz. It might take a step down because, eh, you know, the West of the West is really getting competitive. But the Jazz has shown to be able to win games, and I don't think they're a team that misses the playoffs. At number six, I got the Phoenix Suns. They added Chris Paul. Chris Paul bought the Thunder to the playoffs last year, but he's dealing with more talent this year. They got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, and they got some two grindy guards coming off the bench. You know, you're dealing with Javon Carter, Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore. Those guys get buckets. You know, you might not know their names, but they're going to be very valuable bench assets. And like I said, veterans, veterans. They're going to they're, they're be a lot more mature this year. They picked up Jalen Smith. They drafted him. Um... And they don't have Aaron Baines no more, but they just re-signed um, Frank Kaminsky. They also have um, that kid from North Carolina. What's his name? I can't believe I forgot his name. Cameron Cameron Johnson. So with Chris Pauley in that team, Devin Booker is going to take a he's going to take a step up. I think his name might be in the MVP conversation because Chris Paul will put him in such good positions. And DeAndre Ayton was going to show why he was the number one overall pick. There's a lot of talent there. He's a, easily a 20 and 10 guy as well. So, yeah, I got the Suns set number six, Jazz number seven, Kings number eight. Number five, um, I don't have no hate for this team. KD is gone. Spoiler alert, Warriors number five. I feel like Steph Curry's name is disrespected. <laughs> that is a bad man, man. Steph Curry is a, is a game plan nightmare. He's so special without the ball in his hands. But then we already know how special he is with the ball in his hands. He takes over 10 threes a game, but he's still a career 44% three-point shooter. Greatest shooter of all time. Second greatest point guard of all time. Now he has a 7'1 center in James Wiseman. He still has Draymond. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre will be valuable pieces for him because they're going to have so much space because of Steph Curry. Their points are going to go up. They're going to have more slashing opportunities. They're very good slashers. Andrew Wiggins, has, even though he's not that number one overall pick, he's still a guy that can give you 18 to 20 points a night. Their starting five, I feel like, is top 15 in the league. But their bench needs some work. But playing with Steph Curry, being under Steve Kerr, 
I like their chances. I like their chances. I don't think they're going to be a, not making the playoffs. I have them as the fifth seed. Steph Curry will be in the MVP conversation. Dame, I, I'm really thinking about point guards. Dame, Steph, Devin Booker, and you go into the East. Giannis will be in the conversation. But I would watch out for uh, Joel Embiid being in the conversation as well. I think Joel Embiid takes a leap up. But we'll talk about the East in a second. So, Warriors 5, Suns 6, Jazz 7, Kings 8. Now, this is kind of low, but, you know, we already know my relationship with this team. I'm not trying to diss them, but this is just the seeding. This is not who I think is going to win the championship, but this is just the seeding. I got the Lakers at number 4. I think we, we all know that LeBron is going to be taking a lot of games off because they just came off of a championship run. Now, as much as I hate to say it, Lakers are my favorite to win the championship. If I was to bet money, Lakers are my favorite to win a championship. They have the they have the best two players in the league. I think the best LeBron has shown why he's the most valuable player in the league. I think he would want go for MV, I think he would have won MVP this year maybe, but I don't think he's going to play the, that much games. So, he's not the Lakers are not going to be worried about the regular season. They can live on that hype of Taylor Horton Tucker. This is one of those. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a team that succeeds in the playoffs, I feel like. And we already know that. So, yeah, top two players in the NBA, Anthony Davis. I mean, if you're thinking Giannis is better than Anthony Davis, you're wrong. And there's nothing that Anthony there's nothing that Giannis can do that Anthony Davis can't, and there's things that Anthony Davis can do that Giannis cannot. So, they got the best two players in the NBA right now. Finals favorites, but I have them as a fourth seed. Three seed, I have the Clippers. They're going to win games. They're, they're a top five contender, top two contender in the West. We already know what they is. They got Kawhi and Paul George. They're going to be rocking with Ty Lue this time. They picked up Luke Kennard. I feel like he's going to bring a lot more than Landry Shamit did. And they picked up... They picked up um, Serge Ibaka, who I feel like is going to bring more than what Montrez Harrell did. He's not going to give no six-man a year, but he brings length, and he stretches out the floor. Their problem still is at point guard. I would argue that Ty Lue and freaking Chauncey Billups is better point guards. Those are their co two coaches than Patrick Beverly. But they still have Lou Will come off the bench. He can still get buckets. But they're going to have to prove something. They're going to have to prove something. I think they make a trade for a point guard, though, sometime during the season. Now, number two, we got the Nuggets. The Nuggets is the number two seed. This is their fourth year with that main core together with Yoke and Maul, Jamal Murray and Jokic. They're a very good regular season team. They've been, they proved and they've shown that they can win in the West. They've been top three consistently. We already know what they is. Jokic, baller, Jamal Murray. We'll see if he keeps that bubble that bubble momentum into the regular season but well coached team they're great team chemistry and they move the ball so well they brought back Paul Millsap and I think they make a trade maybe out as well now number one seed I'm going to Portland Trailblazers to be the number one team in the West next year that doesn't mean I have them winning the title but they made some very good additions and they have something to prove 
And now if you look how they performed in that bubble environment, and you see what Dame can do, they, they're going to be coming back healthy this time. The only reason they're in that situation is because they didn't have... They didn't have Nurkic. Nurkic is back. He's healthy. They brought back Cancer, And they made the move that I've been saying that they needed for years. A defensive small forward, but that can get you buckets. Or a 3 and D small forward. They finally have that. They got Robert Covington over the offseason. That's huge. On top of that, they got Derek Jones. Who will be having more of a breakout year. Playing alongside Dame and CJ with that spacing that they provide. Bringing Derrick Jones and Robert Covington, I feel like, was huge. They brought back Melo. They have Gary Trent off the bench. They have Zach Collins. They have Nasir Little. They have Now, the wild card with this team is to see how Alfred Simmons Simons do. I think they make an upgrade at that backup point guard position, but he's still young. Maybe he might take a, take a leap this year as well. But I think the Portland Trailblazers, they have something to prove. And they have shown to be a top three team in the West in consistent years. So, yeah, I have the Blazers at number one this year. I think they make that. I think they make that surprise, especially in the certain, you know, circumstance that we're in. I feel like the Blazers can really succeed in this type of environment. Now, that doesn't mean they win the title because they're the number one seed, right? So, if they win in the first round. Guess who they got in the next round if they're the fourth seed? If the Lakers are the fourth seed, they have to play the Lakers in the second round. And I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers. But if you're talking about regular season seeding, I would have Trailblazers being the best team in the West. Now, for the East, I'm going to go the other order. I, watch, I don't watch as much Eastern Conference basketball than I do Western Conference basketball. But I think people are starting to realize the East is a different breed now. It's competitive. They have six different teams that can go to the finals. We all know six of these teams. So, in a case, seeding doesn't really matter when it comes to this conference. It all matters about matchups in the playoffs. But if we're basing on, on regular season performance, this is how I got going. And this time I'm going to start from one to eight. I think the best team in the regular season for the East this year will be the Miami Heat. Oh, well. I'm not trying to base everything off the bubble, but the season will have no fans. They, It was their first year together last year. I think they come and improve their dominance and show how good they really are during a, a longer duration of time. And I think the Heat um, ends up being the best team in the East, regular season-wise. I'll get in who I think is going to the finals. Number two, we got the Bucks. Bucks has proven to dominate the East in the regular season for a very long time. They picked up Drew Holiday. So it's going to be hard to score on that team when you're dealing with Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis. Yeah, and Dante DiVincenzo. That, that is a very good defensive team. The questions on them for the playoffs, we'll see what they do in the playoffs. Number three, Celtics. Celtics have a lot of team chemistry. They've been doing this for the past three years. Jason Tatum is probably going to take another leap. Jalen Brown will be an all-star. And they have a good coach, Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker. They picked up Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson. They got a solid squad. Third seed in, third, they're going to be the third seed in the East. Number four, 76ers, Philly. New head coach, Doc Rivers. They Daryl Morey, new GM. 
picked up a whole bunch of shooters, whole bunch of shooters. Ben Simmons is one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. He's a 6'10 Rondo. Um, he's not appreciated because he doesn't shoot the jump shot, but he still affects the game at a very high level, and he's still an all-star. And still a top 30, top 25 player in the NBA. So, I think Philly figures it out. They got a lot of shooters like Seth Curry, um, Danny Green. They got guys that fits along them. They're going to have a lot more space. And I think Joel Embiid eats this year. I think he eats. You might see him put up near 30 points, 14 rebounds, 2 blocks. He's going to be having a lot of space. Also, add 5 assists to his stats because he will have a lot of space. If you double team him, he's going to kick it out. If you don't double team him, he's going to score. So, I have 76ers as the fourth. Number five, the Raptors. Raptors, have, they're a little low. I hated to put them this low, but it was very tough. Um, Raptors has proven to be able to be top two in the East for the past couple years. But East is getting better. They did lose a little. They lost Kawhi. Um, they lost Serge Ibaka, and they lost Marc Gasol. That's going to hurt a little bit. Their starting center is Aaron Baines. That's going to be able to work for them, but they have Alex Len as well. So they definitely got a big man downgrade. You're going to have to rely on Siakam taking a bigger jump than he did last year. Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry to maintain their form. OG Anobi, they just re-signed. But we don't know who's the next guy for the Raptors. Chris Boucher is going to get more minutes. If you don't know Chris Boucher, Raptors are probably the best. They have the best G League system um, in the NBA. They've proven it. They got Siakam. They got Fed Van Vliet from the system. OG Anobi from the system. Norman Powell. Terrence Davis from the system. So they have a really good farm system. And they know how to develop young players. But I have them as fifth. Number six. It was hard to put them here too. The Brooklyn Nets. First year head coach. New team. New, you know, new things. You know, compared to the Heat. Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, Raptors, their chemistry is a step ahead of the of the Nets, but they're one of those teams where they're a playoff team. They're gonna cause they're gonna cause trouble in the playoffs because by the playoffs they will have their chemistry straight. You have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. On top of that, you have Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. They have loads of talent. They have loads of talent. Now, as far as in the regular season, I got them six. But I think they can go past the second round for sure with the squad that they got. Number seven, the Washington Wizards. Westbrook gets a new chance, a new, new start. He gets a fresh new team to deal with and a new superstar to work with and to elevate his game. I compare the situation with Bradley Beal to Paul George. Paul George had his best season ever playing with Russell Westbrook. I think Bradley Beal takes that step up, will be an all-star starter in the East this year, which is at number seven. And it's number eight seed. I think everybody thinks I'm going to say the Hawks, but it's not going to be the Hawks. The Indiana Pacers. Now, I wasn't thinking about putting them in this, but you think about the environment that we're in. You know, no fans. They have proven to be a top five team in the East for consistent years. What Sabonis does is not pretty. But he is a one-man wrecking crew and a unit down in that paint. Very efficient. Makes plays. TJ Warren will. I think he's going to be able to succeed in this type of environment over the regular season. They got Malcolm Brogdon. They got Miles Turner. They found a way to win games consistently. I wouldn't count them out. 
So, yeah, we're going to talk about the teams that I didn't put in the playoffs. So, I think the biggest one that I probably didn't put is the Mavericks in the playoffs. Now, Luka is a top, probably a top, do I want to say he's top five already? Top ten. I can't put him over KD. I can't put him over Steph Curry. I can't put him over Giannis. I can't put him over... Damn, yeah, I can't put him over Giannis. I can't put him over LeBron. I can't put him over AD. can't put him over KD. But Luka's for surely top 10. But I don't see how their team got better, personally. Porzingis will miss the first couple... I think the first month or two. And... They don't have Seth Curry no more. They replace it with Josh Richardson, which I don't really like that much. Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't think is enough. Dwight Powell as your starting center, no. Um, I don't think he has enough. We're going to have to see if Trey Burke maintains his form. Jalen Brunson. But he doesn't have that much around him. That's what makes him so great. But when they have Porzingis and Luka, they are a playoff team for sure. But like I said, the environment that we're in, if Luka misses, if Luka gets picks up any type of injury, it's over with. And the season is shortened. So, I think health is going to ruin them this year. But the Mavs going into the next year, they're going to have so much cap space. They're going to bring in a third star. Watch out for them, but I don't think this year benefits them. So, it's tough, but I got to put my Kings over them. They don't, when the Kings have played the Mavericks, we won. We're 2-1 and one against them. We were 2-1 and one against them last year. They're not a team I fear because defensively, they have a lot of problems defensively. No matter what Luka does offensively, they have a lot of problems on the defensive end. So we're going to see. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm not. And yes, I left the Pelicans out of there. I think give them a year. They still have some things to... It's like the Kings last year. You know, you don't know... They don't know who their starting shooting guard or point guard really is. You're dealing with Lonzo. You're dealing with... You're dealing with Eric Bledsoe, then you just drafted a point guard, and then you have the point guard you drafted last year. They they and it's a first year. It's not a first year head coach, Jeff Stan. I mean Stan Van Gundy, but they still have some things to figure out. Zion will be back. Who knows how healthy they're gonna stay throughout the year? But they gotta. I think they need more time to figure out how to play with each other. So I have them out. I don't have the Grizzlies in. Um, I don't have the Minnesota Timberwolves in. I don't have the Spurs in either. And I don't have the uh, Thunder. Thunder is in the rebuild. We all know that. And for the East, I don't have the Hawks yet. Um, defensively, they still have a lot of issues that they need to square out. Uh, Rondo just got himself into some little bit of allegations. I feel like they're setting him up. Setting him up. But he might be a trade piece throughout midseason. Um, I think he mentors Trey Young. But think about Trey Young. Yes, he's very good offensively. But if I'm asking, if De'Aaron Fox was in the East with that Hawks team, I think they would have done better, at least got into the ninth or eighth seed, because there's no way that the Hawks didn't even make it to the bubble last year. No way, no way. And that's because, by far, Trey Young is one of the worst defensive players in the league. They picked up Bogdanovich. They picked up Danilo Gallinari. Bogdanovich is decent on defense, but Gallinari is not going to help you on defense. Um, they have a lot of young players that still game better. So I don't think they're there yet. I think give them one more year, then they'll crack it in. It was hard to leave the Magic out, though. The Magic and the Bulls. I think the Bulls with Billy Donovan, like the, 
with when it comes to the Bulls, it's like the Hawks. They need one more year. Um, the Magic, I feel like they barely miss it. It's going to be between them or the Pacers. That was kind of one that I was in a tie with. But, yeah, I, I had to give the edge to the Pacers because they've been doing it longer. They were able to get top five. And they have Victor Oladipo coming back. People don't realize that. They got Victor Oladipo coming back, and he's playing on a contract year. So he has to ball out. So, yeah, that's going to be my predictions. Rookie of the year, I think the best player out of the draft was LaMelo. I would say he's my favorite for the rookie of the year. DOPY, I mean, if he played all the games, I would give it to AD. I think Bam finds a way to snag it up this year, being first in the East. Most improved player, that's going to be an interesting one. I think most improved might go to either Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine takes a jump, a huge jump. Either Zach Levine or I would say my man De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, watch out for De'Aaron Fox. If he leads that team to if he leads the Kings to the eighth seed and he's putting up twenty-five or something, put his name in most improved. Um yeah, that's most improved. And then coach of the year, since I have them as having the best record, I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give it to the Portland Trailblazers. Terry Stotts, coach of the year. Um <laughs> tell you, watch out for the Trailblazers this year. That's 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 my that's my call for this year. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. That's what's fun about predictions. It's all subjective anyway. So we're going to have to see. Yeah. And is there any other awards I'm missing? MVP Dame, Rookie of the Year LaMelo, Most Improved, um, Zach Levine, Defensive Player of the Year, Bam, Coach of the Year, Terry Stotts. Oh, Sixth Man of the Year. Sixth Man of the Year. Um... I think because he has something to prove. I think Lou Will snags it up again. He just he's basically a starter, but he comes off the bench. He's be, he's been proven to be the best six man of all time. I think he come back and prove himself. And he do that six man thing again. So yeah, that's my that's my predictions. I'm glad to be back making videos. We'll see how the season goes. We'll see how consistent I can be. And yeah, I'm going to end it out here. feels nice to be back on here talking, out here in SAC in my car. And yeah, I'm going to leave it out here.